Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. So hey, it's good to see you. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you open with me to Psalm. Everybody say Psalm. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go high. Psalm 92. 92. You can probably already tell that Jill is the worship leader in our home. Musically, anyway. But Psalm 92 is a beautiful, beautiful passage of scripture, beautiful text that we're going to read from today. And uh, if you're online as well, we want you to be a part of this too. Come on, open your Bibles and let's, uh, let's be interactive in the chat if you're online. We have an online church now, so I've got to encourage you here in front of me and I've got to encourage you there in the screen. And so um, pretty awesome, pretty cool. So let's all lean into God's Word together. Psalm 92 verse 1, it says this, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. To the music of the lute and the harp and the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord, your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand that though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. And this is where it starts to get good and speak about you and me, God's people. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me, look at it, fresh oil, fresh oil today. Who wants a bit of fresh oil, a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit anointing in your life and on your life? There it is right there for you and for me. Fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. In other words, I'm victorious. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. That speaks about spiritual potency for you and for me. Why? To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. We're going to start a new series today called Planted and Flourishing, season three of this series. It's a theme, a hallmark series of our church, but part one today, if you want to write down the title of this message is Seed Investment. Seed Investment, Planted and Flourishing, Season 3. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity to come into your house this morning, Lord. Father, we choose in this moment to not let it be routine or obligation or ritual, God. Thank you, Father, that, that this actually can be a powerful spiritual moment for us in our lives, Lord. Thank you that church is not so much something that we do, but it's a relationship we have. 
Father, in you and with you, Father. We thank you for Jesus in our lives. Lord, we lift high Jesus in this place. We thank you for colonial kids. Thank you that you're blessing them, you're teaching them, you're helping them, God. Father, thank you for this message and this series, God. We pray you would use it mightily. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to come and do what you do in our lives. And we all said together, amen and amen. Well, hey, I'm excited about this series. If you've been in our church for a little time, you probably haven't been part of one of these series. But this kind of really has been birthed out of our heart. Jill and I, it's our heart for our church, for everyone who calls Colonial home, for it to be home, for, for you to be planted. For church, for our church at least, the best we can do is to encourage people that call Colonial home to really be planted, to, to not let it just be something that, oh, you know, I kind of a, it's kind of a place that I go sometimes, but it's more of a home that I have. That's a big difference. There's a big difference in that. So each week of this five-week series, we're going to obviously talk about the spiritual. We're going to talk about, um, you know, we're going to look at God's Word. We're going to go in deeper, but we're also going to talk about something practical that you can attach to this series, to your um, desire to be planted in the house and therefore flourish in, our, in God's courts. And so uh, this week, I'm excited because we have... Um, come up with, uh, I guess, series two or second generation of our app. So we're going to put it up on the, on the wall right here. But this is our brand new Colonial Church app. If you didn't know, now you know. Okay, but this is really exciting. And in this season, we really looked at what was happening and the fact that God has uh, essentially given us an online church now. Um, people watching from all over and it's really cool what's going on. And so we want to take a step further for people to be able to engage and for people to be able to um, interact and for people to really stay up to date as best we can. So this is what I want you to do. Um, I actually want you to pull out your phone right now and we're going to do something really, really cool. If you haven't got the app already, um, we're going to let you um, or we'd love for you to, to scan that code right now. And so just open up your camera and focus it in on that code. And hopefully with technology these days, it'll take you right to the app um, right there on your phone. But then you can download it. And this is what we want you to do. Once you've downloaded it, we want you to sign up. Um, let us know who you are. Put your information in. And if you do that through the app in the next week, we're going to send out um, a little gift to you. Uh, we're a church that loves to be generous and we want to just gift you something. Um, if you know my wife, even for, for five minutes, she just loves to just give people stuff. And, um, and that was kind of her idea. So we're going we're gonna to do that and it's going to be really cool. But you've got to download the app and the very first icon inside the homepage says, uh, I think sign up or something like that. And we need you to do that because that's how we'll get the details. We'll be able to send you a little gift in the mail. And that will be probably the first time I think ever we've actually mailed anything in our church's history. So there you go. Because we've done everything online. So there you go. That's pretty cool. All right. So is that okay? But a few things about the app, just so you know, it's a way for us to obviously watch messages, um, share and download the message. Uh, you can take notes in this app, which is pretty cool as well. And so you can keep all the message notes inside the app. So you just come to church. Everything's inside the app. You can look, go back and, you know, in your quiet time, your devotional, you go back and check the notes and all the scriptures and stuff like that. So you can take notes. Um, you can stay up to date with everything in real time as a church. So we're going to send out push notifications um, to you and let you know sort of what's going on. And the calendars are in there as well as a church. A lot of you like to plan, like to have things, you know, planned out. And so that's good. I'm not really like that, but you are. So good for you. Um, no, I am. I'm getting older, so I'm becoming more of a planner. And I care about the weather more. Have you noticed that about old age? The older you get, 
the more you care about the weather. It's true. When I was 20, I had no interest in, I didn't care what the weather, rain, hail, shine, I'm having a good time. But All right, I'm going to keep going. Um, what else can we do in the app? Share events with friends. I like that. That's good. Share events with friends. Um, and we can also do dinner party messaging and we can give through the app. So there you go. The app's going to be great for us as we get planted. It's just a practical way for us to get planted. All right? Sound good? All right. Here's what I'd love for you to write down starting off the series. If you're planted, you will flourish. If you are planted, this is a conviction in my heart, shown to me in the text. If you're planted, you'll flourish. Planted in the house of the Lord and flourishing in his courts. You know the very definition of the word, flourish or the verb flourish. Listen to it. This is just in the dictionary. Flourish of a person or speaking of a person, animal or other living organism is to grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as the result of a particularly favorable environment. That sounds like the church to me. Sounds like God's house. It's a promise for you and for me as we choose to be planted that God does something with our lives. It's the way he likes to work. Look at the Psalm again in verse 12. It says, the righteous flourish like a palm tree. So there's something visual. The palm tree speaks to the visual aspect, the beauty of our lives as God's people, the righteous in Christ, that we are a beautiful representation. Come on, church, of being God's people. But then it says this, look what it says next, and they grow like a cedar in Lebanon. That speaks about strength, that you you have faith that's like steel on the inside of you because you are one of God's people. So grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. And then it goes on talking about bearing fruit no matter what. The Bible talks about us as people in kind of three different ways. This is how I've sort of surmised it in my uh, journey of learning the Bible and reading the Bible. It talks about us as people as like houses. So, you know, it talks about the house of Israel your, your life, my life, we can build it like a house on a secure foundation, which is obviously Jesus. And then the other way it talks about us is like sheep. So obviously the Lord is our shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd and we are his sheep. We know his voice. Okay. But the other way that the Bible talks about your life and my life is like a tree. That we're like a tree. Trees are the picture that God uses. Let me show you a couple of scriptures. Psalm 1 and verse 1, speaking of the blessed man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Look at verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. In the message, I like what it says. It says, you're a tree. <laughs> there you go. You're a tree. Replanted in Eden. Bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. Let me show you another scripture, Isaiah 61. Speaking of the year of the Lord's favor, it talks about the Lord's favor, which is ultimately when Jesus would show up on the scene. But this is Isaiah the prophet a long time before that, says this about God's people in verse 3, to grant those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. Look at this. That they may be called oaks 
of righteousness. Trees. I got oaks around my house. They cause havoc in my life, especially in my pool, certain times of the year. But it says they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Why? Look at it. That he may be glorified. That's a promise in your life that just like a tree, beauty and glory and strength and a beautiful visual representation of the goodness of God that ultimately your life and my life, praise God today, that we ultimately would bring glory to God. And that's the whole point of our lives. It's the whole point of our lives. It says in the scriptures also in Isaiah 11 and verse 1, speaking of, again, the picture of how God would bring about um, the Savior, Jesus, into, into the world. In verse 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a tree, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. So this morning, if we're called to be trees, I want to just get straight to the point. It means that it all starts with a seed. It all starts with a seed. If we're trees, that means it begins with a seed. You know, the rhythm of the kingdom of God, it's not a nine to five Monday through Friday thing. That's not the rhythm of the kingdom of God. The rhythm of the kingdom of God is not month to month, January through December. Actually, it's more like this, seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. We live seasonally as God's people. So we've got to understand when it comes to the seasons of life, we need to be planted as well, that God actually has a plan for us, but he brings it about through the seasons and the rhythm of seed time and harvest. God begins with a seed. That's why I've called this part one seed investment, because God is the great seed investor in our lives. I used to be in business, I used to work in the financial industry and I'd meet all kinds of investment types, you know, aggressive investors, growth people, value people, but every now and again I'd meet a seed investor. And these people, I used to, I used to marvel at what they would do. They would invest at times when no one else would invest. Literally, no one else would invest in this company, this startup, this business. A seed investor will be someone who gets in at the ground level. But they'll also invest in something when no one else sees what they see. When no one else is looking, that's when they invest. That's when they get their seed investment in. A seed investor sees the future potential when no one else does. Sounds like someone we know, our Heavenly Father. A seed investor overlooks the current state of the economy, the market, the whatever overlooks all of that and sees the potential that's coming. A seed investment is all about supporting, buying in and being there from the very beginning. So point number one this morning is this, I am a seed. I am a seed. Come on, let's all say it together. One, two, three. I am a seed. You're a seed. Turn to the person next to you and say, congrats, you're a seed. Seed time. Physically, no, but spiritually, yes. You're a seed. Jesus talks about this very thing in Matthew 13 and verse 31. Let me show it to you. We'll put it up on behind me. But Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God and how the kingdom of God is. In verse 31, he says, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. 
It is the smallest of all seeds. It's a seed, but it's the smallest. But when it has grown, look at this, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree. So that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. So this is what God does. This is my kind of analogy this morning. I need a piece of paper and a trash can. Pretty simple. But this is like your life. This is like my life. Before, before faith, before meeting Jesus, that we just got this life and this life is death-ridden. This life is spiritually turned off. This life is, is separated from God. We're away from God. We've got no hope in the world. Scripture says we are doing it on our own. This is our life. And when we say yes to Jesus, this is what happens. He takes our life, our old garbage life, and he says, thank you. He says, thanks. We don't need that anymore. And then he takes a seed that you can't even see that is between my fingers right here. And he says, there you go. That's your life. That's what he does with our lives. He takes our old, death-ridden, completely separated life. He tears it up. He brings it down. I don't know about you, but after I got saved, things didn't necessarily on the outside get better. It actually got worse. And what God was doing is he was taking a wrecking ball through my life. He's saying, we're going to tear this thing down. And in response to that, from the inside out, I've planted a seed in you. And you're going to be different from this moment forward. Your life is going to look different. You are going to be blessed in Jesus' name. It starts with a seed. I'm a seed. You're a seed. And that's how God begins with our lives. But what happens next is so amazing. So point number two, write this down. I need to be planted. I need to be planted. Big picture, I've got to understand that first off, I'm a seed. That's how God starts with us. He plants this little seed in our hearts. And from that tiny, little, spiritual seed, He begins to work. But we've got to get planted. That's why we emphasize certain things in our church. And part of this series, we're going to talk about culture and why we do certain things in our church. But that's why I am so insistent upon the Word of God after someone makes a decision for Jesus, I want to get a Bible in their hands. Because it's just a seed. But it's what happens next that's amazing. Because I need to be planted. Come on, let's all say it together. I want to do this with all the points. One, two, three. I need to be planted. I got to be planted. I have to be. I love it if you could write this down. A seed that's not planted is just wasted. A seed that's not planted is just wasted. In the natural, you would agree. You'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. But think about it spiritually. A seed that's not planted, it's just wasted. There's no yield. There's no return. There's no blossom. There's nothing. A seed that's not planted is squandered on the roads of life. A seed that's not planted will never produce anything meaningful to God. That's why the app is something that I believe could be one way that you could get planted a little step further. Each week, we're going to help you take a little step further to get planted in life. But the app, it's just an app. Okay, the app, it's just an app. Cool. Everyone's got an app. So what? But our church has an app. And it's one way for you in the house of God to be planted in the house. Use the app to help you get planted to watch messages, to get fed, to sign up for life courses, to be part of dinner parties. But I need to be planted. 
And I believe if we understood the spiritual significance of this message, we would do whatever it takes to get planted. We would stop at nothing to be in the house of the Lord. We would stop at nothing to be around his word and around his people. The point is, I need to be planted in the house. But the enemy does a great job of telling you the opposite. It's amazing to me how many people say, yeah, yeah, I go to church. But the truth is they don't. The reality is they don't. They go occasionally or hardly ever. And it's also amazing how many people, and I'm just being super transparent and real because honestly, this is the type of pastor I am. We just have a conviction about this, so I'm sorry, okay? But it's amazing how many people just go to many different churches. That's not being planted. I mean, I understand that sometimes you've got to move cities and again, seasonally things might change. You might get called somewhere else for a different season. Can I encourage you? That's okay. Jill and I, we've been part of a different church for a season, but in that season, listen to me, we were planted. You can be as well. But it's important to understand that, that moving around, lots of different things, and it doesn't help. It's not helpful. I just want to get real for a second, but going here for a month and then going there, not coming for another month, but going somewhere else and going there for a few months and trying two different churches in between and eventually coming back here because someone invited you to a thing. It's just exhausting. But this is a feature of our house. We believe that you are called to be planted in a church, one church. If it's colonial church, that's awesome. Obviously, I'm biased, and this is the greatest church ever. But listen to me. It's not about our church. It's about you being planted. And if it happens to be here, if you're called to be here, then be here. Be planted here. You meet some, so many people and they're like, man, I just like, yeah, I go, uh, they, just, they treat church like it's a cafe or a restaurant. It's like, what do I feel like this week? What, what do I feel like doing? What's on the menu over there? God does not want you to live that way. I'm preaching the truth and shaming the devil this morning because God wants you to be planted, to come up in the ground, to be watered week to week. I need to be planted. I want to bust up a myth today. But the grass is not greener over the other side. The grass is greener where you choose to get planted. And where you water it the most. This is why I'm going for the men in our church. I'm going all out for the men in our church, just so you know. All out. See, grill and chill, it's, it's, it's ninja discipleship. <laughs> I just gave it away. But it's covert because people think that, you know, 100 guys showing up to a crawfish boil, it's got nothing to do with the crawfish. You with me? It's got nothing to do with the wing contest we're going to have next month and praise God for it because I will be there. It's got nothing to do with that. But it's got everything to do with men in our church choosing to come out on a Thursday night, leaving work behind, leaving the stresses of life and saying, you know what, I'm going to get planted in the house of the Lord and I want my family to flourish. I need to be planted. Statistics tell us in, in, on average in America, people go to church 1.4 times a month. It's not enough. I'm just telling you verbatim, it's not enough. Sorry. But it's just not, because you need to be watered. 
Once you're planted, you've got to be watered. Statistics tell us that, I like this one, is, is, a, is if a child in a family decides they want to start going to church, they want to, they want to get planted, they want to be in church, they want to make that their church. Statistics say that around 30 to 40% of the time, the rest of the family will then go along with it and will then, go in, then be in church, but differing levels of success, and it's, it's, it's a very low percentage chance that the whole family will end up planted in the church. If mum decides that she wants to go, then there is a 75% chance that the rest of the family will show up and be regular attendees in church. You know what happens if the man, the father of the house, decides that they want to be in church, planted in the house of the Lord, flourishing, deciding a conviction on the inside, I will be in church? It's almost 100% chance that the rest of the family will be planted in church. So grill and chill to me is not some gimmick or some game, but it's a way for us to truly be planted in Jesus' name. I like this study. It was pretty cool, but this was done in Switzerland. But it showed that if both parents are regular church attendees, i.e. planted, watered, invested, going to, to groups and stuff like that, this study showed that when both parents are in church, on average, 72% of the time, the children will also attend church when fully grown as adults. And that's just amazing to me because it's like, yeah, I, I, I want to be planted because I want God to bless me. But God doesn't think just through me. See, God is the God of the generations. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So when I choose to be planted, not only is God saying, yeah, I see that commitment, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to double down your kids, and then their kids, and then their kids. Come on, church. When I choose to be planted, something changes for the generations in my life. My parents, they didn't take me to church, but you know what? I go to church. And because of my choice to, to get planted in the house of the Lord, I mean, I'm a pastor now, so vocationally, it kind of takes care of that for me. But before that, I chose to be planted. But God sees through me, down the generations. And I love what God's doing in our church. Just last week, I was looking at Luke Ritter on the keys. I was looking at Jackson Hazel on the drums. I was looking at uh, my nephew, Eli, uh, behind the camera. And I'm just like, man, God is doing something here. As people are choosing to be planted the generations are being impacted. The seeds are being planted. God is watering them. God is on the move. Yeah. There is power in getting planted. So number one, I'm a seed. Number two, I need to be planted. And number three, come on, write this down. Planted trees, sow seeds. Planted trees, sow seeds. You know, I become a seed. God, God exchanges, you know, like my, my pretty, pretty awful paper analogy. God takes my, my rubbish life because that's all it is. He just throws it in the trash can. I love, I love our Heavenly Father. He just knows what He's doing. He says, let's just get rid of that. Take this seed. So I become a seed. But then I get planted. But something amazing begins to happen. Paul said it this way, I'm saved and then I'm called. I now get a chance to sow seeds elsewhere. As I get planted, God then uses me to sow seeds. I don't know if you've ever seen it this way, but these big, beautiful oaks that I was talking about before, they drop seeds everywhere. 
Everywhere you look, there's at certain times of year seeds. And God gave me a picture, and I just need my second prop here. But I don't know if you've ever seen one of these, but you know, I love these things. I actually got like the big industrial one that you push. I couldn't really bring that, it would have been inappropriate. So <laughs> just that would have just been too much. So we got this one. This is a seed spreader. And what I asked the team to get me was just like grass seeds. And this is what happens is that God does what it says in 2 Corinthians 9. You can put it up on the, on the screen for me. It says that he supplies the seed to the sower. And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. And listen to it. And increase the harvest of your righteousness. And then it goes on, it says, you will be enriched in every way to be. Generous in every way. Which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So what happens is God says, okay, now you're planted. Now you're invested. Now you're committed. Now, now I'm gonna use you. And he gave me this picture. He says, he starts to hand out seed to the sower. Here it is right here. And this seed spreader is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth today. See, we can, we can do plenty on our own. Like we could individually, one-to-one, do, do the seed thing and get the seed out there. And we can definitely do that one-to-one. But you know what happens when the collective church comes together and starts to spread seeds of faith and seeds of the gospel? They start to go out. How do they go out? Well, God said this to me. He said, you know what? The seed spreader is the church. The power that sends the seed out is the Holy Spirit. In your life and my life, what happens is we just begin to spread seeds yeah. everywhere. I, I'm loving this. Let's do this. We have seed just spreading everywhere we go. The Ritter family spreading seeds, seeds everywhere. Look at that. But as we do that, something happens. Seeds of faith, seeds of righteousness, friends, seeds of generosity that point back to God, seeds of good works. And one by one, God uses this thing called the church and people that are sold out for Jesus to do his work. I'm a seed. But what God can do with a seed, we could never know. I said it this way, that you and I, we could know how many seeds are in an apple, but only God knows how many apples are in a seed. When we think about church this way, this is what we understand. This is why we've got to be planted. You might be, you know, that's a, cool, that's a cool analogy, Matt, but the truth is if we are planted in the house of the Lord, if we are doing what the Scripture says, that flourishing that God talks about in Psalm 92 through the psalmist. He's not saying flourish for our own sake. He's not saying you'll flourish so you could just be good by yourself. So he says flourish in the courts of our God, in the courts of God, in the Old Testament temple set up. That was where all the people were. That's the highways, that's the byways, that's the, the, the cafes, that's the restaurants, that's the school pickup. And the scripture says you will flourish in the courts of our God. I say it this way, that's where we start spreading the seed. 
And a teenage kid who's never heard the gospel hears it. A single mom that's on her last paycheck is like encountering the generous person. It's when things actually change in the kingdom of God and all it starts with is a seed. Would you stand with me? I pray today we would take this message seriously. I pray today that this message would run so deep that we'd no longer see our lives as one dimensional, this one sort of lane that I have and God's doing this one thing with me, but we'd begin to see it the way God sees it, which is just simply this. I just need a seed. If I could just get a seed, I could do so much. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray right now, Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would be vessels that you'll choose to use. God, that we would be people that are sold out for you today. God, that we would be people that decide to be the church, to be the seed spreader in our world. God, I pray right now for seeds of faith to go out from our church. God, I pray right now through the power of the Holy Spirit that we would be people that that send out seeds of healing, God that send out seeds of change, Lord. Father, even good works, Father, good deeds in our community, Father, that they would go out as seeds, Lord. Father, that ultimately the the yield and the return is in your hands, but we would be willing, God. We would have the sacrifice of our hearts, Lord. We would have the choice today to go out in our community, Father, and be seed spreaders for you in Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's worship together. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.